with inflation going the way it is, I decided to kind of get a little bit into silver. It's not as expensive as gold and it's uh, certainly a lot more expensive than copper. It's kind of an in-between thing and something I can do to make myself think that I'm at least trying to get a handle on this inflation thing. But anyway, regardless, the interesting thing is, is that you can tell when silver is silver. Let's say you buy a piece of silver, you know the exact weight that silver should be. So if somebody got lead and then covered it with the silver plate, for instance, you'd put it on your little scale, which I have, and know the exact amount that silver weighs. A one troy ounce silver dollar weighs 31.130 grams. If it's not that, it's not authentic. In our lives as Christians, we must look for what is authentic. And authentic is only found in what God does in and through us. My name is Trey Rhodes, and I'm the Connections Pastor here at Northwood Baptist Church. And great to have you at our audio study guide as we are continuing to look at the book of Luke. And we are really getting into the Sermon on the Plain, which is very similar to the Sermon on the Mount, except it's in Luke. And in the Sermon on the Plain, as the Sermon on the Mount has, we're now in a lot of the uh, different stories that he told to explain uh, what we are, to, how we are to be living. Uh, the tree and the fruit and the two foundations we're going to talk about in there are both there. So if you are a Life Connection Group leader or care group leader or uh, someone from around the world. Interestingly enough, I checked our, our information and we have almost 1,000 listens now. We're, I think, 918 or 928 or something like that. Uh, we have people listening from as far away as the Republic of South Africa. And, and so thank you for listening. And I don't know which language you speak, but I, I speak a little Saswati and uh, even less Afrikaans. But anyway, um, anyway, uh, just welcome. And then also to our friends in the UK and uh, also Puerto Rico, interestingly enough. So we have people from around the world and to our people in the United States. I, I, actually, 88% of you listening are from the United States. And thank you so much for being a part of that. All righty. Well, for our Life Connection Group leaders, I want to remind you that uh, the materials are going to be sent to you on this, this email that you get this link to the audio study guide. And what we're attempting to do is to try to put more emphasis on the OIA. O being observation, what you see. I being interpretation, what does this mean. And A being apply or application. And that means what do I do. So we're trying to do that more, and hopefully our so Life Connection Group leaders, I hope you'll get more involved in that. If you have questions about that, certainly see me, see uh, Brother Jonathan Watson, see uh, Pastor um, uh, Logan, or Pastor Tommy, or me, and we can certainly help you there. We're going to try to help out some of our classes over these next few uh, months, and I'm excited about the possibilities, about seeing what God's going to do as far as when we, how we integrate the OIA system into Life Connection Group. Now, we've done a lot of it in our 
discipleship classes. I, we've been doing, I've been doing that for probably six years, seven years now. And so many of you have done the same thing. But we're, although we build our, our questions around the OIA, I don't think that a lot of us especially have translated that into our classes. So hopefully we're going to be able to do some of that. And so you're going to be hearing from Logan and you're going to be hearing from uh, Jonathan and they're going to get involved in helping us all do a better job of asking the right questions and leading discussions. So uh, be praying for them as they do that. And, and I'm looking forward to every one of you uh, getting involved in that. So uh, do you have authentic faith? Obviously, we should all have authentic faith. And when I say authentic faith, I don't, I'm not questioning whether you're a believer or not. What I'm saying is our faith, it needs to be built on the right things. Our faith needs to be the real thing. Uh, so when we have faith, uh, the kind of faith that Hebrews chapter 11 talks about, we're not going in Hebrews chapter 11, but just saying that, that uh, the faith which is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, the kind of faith that pleases God, for without faith it is impossible to please Him. So we all, this should be, we should strive in our lives to have that authentic faith, not something that we just say we have, that we're faith people, and it doesn't actually have a practical use in our lives. Because real faith does have a practical use in every one of our lives. All right, well, let's get right into Luke chapter 6, verses 43 to 49. And uh, we're not, as we said, we're not talking about a sentimental faith or, or you know, going back to your childhood and thinking about that. He's talking about this authentic faith that impacts every part of our life. And um, so as we conclude, this is the last part of this Jesus sermon that is on the plane. Uh, there's going to be a call to decision. And the question is going to be for you and for our Life Connection groups, will you and I embrace the authentic faith that Jesus is calling us to? So what we're going to look at today are two ways to live out the authentic faith Jesus calls me to in the sermon on the plane. First, I must pay close attention to who I am becoming. Let me say that again. I must pay close attention to who I am becoming. Now, Jesus was going to send out his disciples. Remember how it's working. His disciples are going to go to a broken and dying world, and the whole reason is to go on mission that they might hear the truth of the Word of God and they might respond to Jesus and the Holy Spirit who is working them. And so when Jesus gives these words like he's doing now, a lot of it seems like it's an impossible thing. So just imagine you're a disciple of Jesus. You're in the first century. You heard this message for the first time. You probably would say, hey, who, who can do this? What Jesus is asking us to do. Go back and read the Beatitudes in Matthew. I mean, you know, when it says things that we're supposed to fully depend on Jesus and we're supposed to endure persecution, love our enemies, and bless those who, who persecute us and not judge and all those things, you'd say, hey, that's impossible. But what Jesus is doing is, is getting to the heart. Because you're gonna, every one of us are going to need that heart change. And hopefully we, ha, we, are, we are working to become those people that have that heart change as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. The heart change, is, though, is what so many of us resist. And uh, unfortunately, it is evident. Every person is bearing some kind of fruit with their lives. You say, well, I'm not bearing, the right, I'm not bearing fruit. No, you are. You're just probably not bearing the right kind of fruit. Can you imagine uh, if you had a peach tree and... This peach tree, somebody had gone in and grafted an apple tree and you're pulling apples off the peach and every time you bite into the apple, you say, you know, this is not the same fruit that I thought it was going to be. So it's not that the fruit tree is not producing fruit, it's just producing the wrong kinds of fruit. 
And many of us have grafted in the wrong stuff into our lives by what we bring into our lives and not following Christ, who is the one who gives us the energy and the ability and uh, the wherewithal that we might produce the kind of fruit he wants. So we have a simple analogy here. A tree produces what it is. A good tree doesn't produce bad fruit. On the other hand, a bad tree doesn't produce good fruit. Verse 44 of chapter 6, for each tree is known by its own fruit. So we bear those, that, that fruit that we are. Whoever we are, we produce out of who we are. What I'm producing is evidence of who I am becoming. So how do I know if I'm producing fruit that's consistent with authentic faith? Well, here's, here's a couple of ways, or a few ways. Uh, what do I want most in life? Ask yourself that question. What do I want most in life? Do you want a new car? Do you want better education? Do you want, um, is, are you pouring your life into um, uh, having all the friends that you can find? Or maybe you're trying to be a social platform uh, influencer of some kind, you know, on, on, on YouTube or or uh, some of the other social platforms, uh, Instagram or some of the others. You know, what do you want most in life? And that really is an issue of the heart. It's whatever you're pursuing. So uh, ask yourself that question. Second question, how do I react to the heat of life? So when you have heat, that's the circumstances of life that are not comfortable. When, how do you react to them? If you're clinging to Jesus, you're going to respond with fruit of the Spirit. You know, once I heard that however you... When you get a piece of fruit and you squeeze it, what comes out tells you what's inside, right? So you get orange juice out of an orange. You get apple juice out of an or- out of an apple. You get, uh, do you get banana juice? Anyway, <laughs> you know, when you squeeze a fruit. So when you are squeezed, what comes out of you? Is it love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, and self-control? Or is it complaining, judgment, anger, depression, worry, fear? What is, what is coming out? That's bad fruit. And then third, what do I leave behind after I react? So if you respond with the fruit of the Spirit, you leave behind an example for others to follow. You leave behind encouragement. You say, man, I like to be around that guy. Yeah, he's going through some struggles, but man, what an encouraging guy. You leave behind godly wisdom that you can give, or maybe you respond out of a heart that is clinging, though, to something else. So you leave behind bad decisions, hurt relationships, destruction. It's all a matter of the heart. And what happens in your heart determines the outcome of your life. So, the the first uh, uh, the first way that we can live out the authentic faith live out authentic faith is pay close attention to who I am becoming. But we don't stop there. There's a second way, and that is I must pay attention to what I am doing. So it's not only what I'm becoming, but it's also what kind of action comes out of what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm becoming? So how do I see my heart transformed so I might become who Jesus wants me to be? Pay attention to what you're doing. Now, verse 46 says this, Lord, Lord, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things I say? You know, I think that's a lot of times why we say Lordy, Lordy, because we're saying, you're not doing what I'm saying. Jesus knows that there are many who will call him Lord, but, but don't do what he says. If you don't do what Jesus says, the bottom line is you're not following him. You're not his follower. So how do you see your heart transformed so, so that you see fruit produced in your life that is consistent with who you say you are? Well, verse 47 gives us some application points here. Uh, first thing we need to do is we need to listen. That's why he says, "Are you?" first thing you need to do, we, we'll get into that one, but we come to Jesus. We have to get to him first. 
someone who, Jesus says, comes to me. And that invitation is available for you today and every day. Come to Jesus. Confess your need. Inability. Say, Lord, I need you to produce the good fruit in my life. All those things are what is going to make a difference. Now, you might want to look up John chapter 15, verse 5. And uh, we'll do that together real quick. So if you want to get your Bible out and look with us, it's very clear. It says, uh, I am the true vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's in the ESV. Uh, CSB says a little different. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. So we've got to come to Jesus because without him, we can do nothing. As the song says, without him, I can do nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, I would be, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail because we need Jesus. All right, the second thing we do is we listen. So it doesn't just stop there with with coming to Jesus and say, well, I, I was at feet of Jesus, and, and you know, no, it's more than that. It's when he speaks, we listen. That's, that's what we do. We, we say, Jesus, I'm going to not only come to you, I'm going to hear you. I'm going to listen to what you're saying. Now, your people are here, I hope, most Sundays, but you have to ask them, and I think you should ask your Life Connection group, you might be here, but are you listening? So you might be coming to Jesus, and you're not listening. You know, you're too worried about what's on the cell phone. You're too worried about a, a text message or an email you're waiting on, or you're too worried about your work, or you, you're thinking about other things. You're thinking about the ball game. You're thinking about the, 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 the Sweet 16, and, and now it's the Final Four. You know, you're thinking about those things, and you have your mind on everything but the most important thing, and that's listening to Jesus. Make the most out of every opportunity that you have. You know, whether, whether it's your Life Connection group here, small, small group Bible study, or whether it's in corporate worship, like I can worship together, uh, on Sunday morning, you need, to do, you need to do a couple things. Here's some things, very simple. And these are really down to earth. Be convinced God's speaking, so know God's speaking. Pray before you come with the body. You know, I pray every single week, Lord, uh, I ask that you would speak to me, and Lord, that, you would use, that when you speak, that, we, that I would obey. Lord, I know you have something planned for me today. Lord, open my heart. You know, those kind of things. Pray before you even get to church. You might pray the night before or pray the morning, that morning before you get to church. Um, be on time. You know, it's good to be on time. And let me, let, let me say this, and this is a very frustrating thing for a pastor when people are just always popping up. You know, we have four or 500 people sitting out there in the auditorium and two or three pop up every minute. Run that number. That's about, uh, you know, it could be 50 or 60 people. Popping up all the time. You know, I, I don't know what they're doing. I, but, you know, encourage your people to just be, be consistent. Go to the restroom before they come in. Give themselves some coffee before they come in. And, and for whatever you do, don't, don't wait until the sermon starts and then leave. And, and also, I would recommend to your Life Connection group, tell them, let's see, let's stay for the whole thing. You don't know what God's going to do. You don't know what God, well, he didn't last week. He didn't the week before. Well, who knows what he's going to do? You miss a lot of the impact that comes if you just stay in your seat for the entire worship service. Does it really matter if you're not there that five minutes that you had to leave, that you left early? How about open your Bible? You know, a lot of people just sit there like bumps on a log. Bring your Bible, open it, encourage your Life Connection group to do the same thing. Bring their Bibles and open them. 
And this is, the, this is what I talked about a minute ago, but just put your phone away. Put it in your back pocket, put it in your purse, whatever it takes, just get rid of it. Uh, we, we designed our worship folder to have a note-taking section in it. So take notes. Um, even if you can't read the blank, because I can't always read the blank, there's spaces you can write stuff down, just space that you can write things down as, as God speaks to you. And then ask God what he wants you to do, because we need to be about the business of living out what we hear. And that's what leads us to number three. So not only are we coming to Jesus, not only are we listening to Jesus, we're obeying Jesus. That's what he says at the very end. He says that, uh, hear my words and acts on them. So every time you're under the word, you should be listening for how God wants you to respond. And so often we're listening to the voice of God to cause the giant steps of faith or answer some big question of life. Uh, you know, should I move, take that job? Should I marry somebody? Should I, should my husband and I have another child? All those huge things. But Often God is just taking us to take a small, consistent step of obedience. That we're, we're a few inches closer to Christ and what he wants us to be this week than we were last. And a few inches and a few inches. Let's say that, just using that example, let's say that it's three inches. In four weeks, that's a foot. In four months, how much is that? Four months times a foot, that's four feet. In a year, multiply that. Now you've moved 12 feet. Now you start to really see a difference. And it just happens in those small incremental steps. And when you look back, you say, look how far Jesus has brought me. So use those small steps of faith, obeying Jesus. And that's how you build a foundation. And then pay attention to whom you're becoming. You've got to pay attention to what I'm doing, uh, what you're doing. Uh, in Palestine, they have a lot of difficulty of laying a foundation in areas that are rocky and sandy, trying to find the right place, laying down that, lay, that foundation. But it's necessary, especially around the Sea of Galilee, especially around the Jordan River or places where it floods or the Dead Sea area. If your house was going to survive, you needed to have that firm foundation. If you had no firm foundation, your house would be destroyed in the flood. Look what he says. He says, the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. In verse 49. Every small decision, every step of faith, you are laying a foundation that is built on Jesus Christ. This might be another scripture you want to look up with, with your class and be ready with is Isaiah 28, 16. And uh, just uh, have someone read that for you. It says, therefore, the Lord God said, I have laid a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, and the one who believes will be unshakable. It's foolish not to lay that kind of foundation, especially if your dad lay that foundation in your home for your children. You know from experience the storms are coming, and when those storms come, you want that foundation to hold up. So we all are built by God when we ask Christ into our lives to have that kind of authentic faith. And by authentic faith, what do we need? First of all, we need, to, we need to have that faith. You've got to believe that Jesus is worth following. Then you need help. You've got to say, Jesus, I need your help. And, and so a lot of times Jesus will bring help in the, in, the, in the body of a person, which is really cool. You know, we say, I, I, I like Jesus. I just need somebody with skin on him. Well, we're the people with skin on him, and Jesus sends us to help others. How about diligence? You must daily pursue. You must daily endure. You must daily take up your cross and follow him, following him. Don't stray from pursuing Jesus. Get back to the task. Encourage your life connection group if they've strayed to get back to the task. And then finally, there's patience. Spiritual growth is a process. It's not an event. 
And over time, as you daily make the small decisions, you will see exponential growth in your faith. All right, honesty time. Uh, I think uh, we're getting into the honesty time, the discussion questions now. So uh, the first one is good, but I, this is one of the uh, rare occasions when I say you need to probably use the first two questions because you're going to ask what help you most grow and walk with the Lord and then how would you explain the process of spiritual growth to someone else? How does that happen in your life? You can either give examples of how it happened in your life or you can say, you know, I heard Pastor Tommy teach this or in discipleship we learn. Those kind of things, uh, bring those out, all right? All right, let's examine the text now. Uh, we're in Luke chapter 6, verses 43 to 45, and uh, we'll have to kind of determine. We've already talked about the good tree and the bad tree and a good tree being known for its fruit. So with that in mind, what? why are these verses a fitting conclusion of the Sermon on the Plain? Because obviously, if you're going to be that, have the right kind of fruit, the uh, part of you that desperately needs Jesus so that we can live like him has to, is, has to have changed us to become the person that we need to be on the inside so that we can serve him and we can have that kind of fruit being birthed or being um, uh, that blooms out of our life. Let me put it that way, that we have that. Um, now, how does your understanding of what precedes these verses help you understand the point Jesus is making in these verses? Well, the, the key to the heart change is what's happening. So if your heart has changed, what you produces in your life changes. And God cares who you're becoming. He desired to have a holy people. And so when we understand this whole idea of, of, of um, he talked about the parable about the blind guy and the blind, if you remember, and then the splinter in your brother's eye and, and the judgmentalism and all those other things. Those are things that show bad fruit. And if those are the kind of things you're living out, that's, that's a bad thing. We need to get away from that. All right, question number two. Why does Jesus use the analogy of the fruit and the fruit it bears? Well, number one, it's a very simple analogy. And uh, bottom line is a tree produces what it is. So you produce as a follower of Christ out of who you are. That's all we can do. Uh, it's a helpful analogy because we do understand this concept of that kind of tree bringing forth that kind of fruit. Now, uh, and it's also very simple to look at our own lives and ask the right questions and what's coming out of my life. When I'm squeezed, what comes out? What does it mean for a Christian to bear fruit? Well, to bear fruit, obviously, is a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness. Uh, by the way, if you want to look that up, it's Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And you probably, if you don't have those memorized, you probably need to memorize them. And if you don't have them memorized still before Sunday, then my recommendation is to have somebody, including you, you could read them out loud, but it would be preferable if somebody else did. Read 522 and 23. And, you know, it wouldn't hurt to actually have somebody that maybe is an artist in your class just do a beautiful uh, drawing of that. Love, joy, peace, patience, and, and put the fruit of the Spirit in there. Um, so, I don't know. Just a thought. Um, so, we bear that kind of fruit. So, what kind of fruit should a follower of Jesus produce? The fruit of the Spirit. That's what Galatians 5.22 and 23 is talking about. Number three, what does Jesus mean by a treasury of a good heart? What does Jesus mean by a treasury of a good heart? So out of the treasure of what has been placed in our heart, then what are we holding inside of us? What is that treasure that we have stored inside of us? So that's, that's, that is what we're talking about. 
this idea of a treasury of a good heart is what has been uh, built into ourselves, what we treasure ourselves, what, what we, remember the question we ask, what, what do you want most in life? How do you know how you know what is in your heart? Because of those three questions, what do I want most in life? How do I react to the heat of life? And what do I leave behind after I react? Um, now, how do you get a good heart? Of course, it's following Christ every single day. It's trusting Him as Savior and Lord of your life. It's, it's having authentic faith in Him going back to, the, to that because it's all a matter of the heart. What happens in your heart determines the outcome of your life. So again, who are you becoming? Are you becoming more like Jesus or are you becoming more like the world around you? Um, and obviously the way you use things between a good heart and a bad heart is what comes out when you're squeezed. Uh, verse of number four, these verses that we've talked about help us think about the internal change that Jesus wants us to experience. How do you experience internal change? It is by allowing the Holy Spirit of God to work in our lives, right? It is making sure that we are uh, wanting, desiring the right things, that we are responding properly when the tough times come, that we are leaving the fruit of the Spirit behind us. All those things are what's going to make the difference. Number five, Luke six forty six. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say? What is Jesus warning for those who say to him, Lord, Lord? Isn't it a good thing to call Jesus Lord? Well, it is, but these are people that have flippantly used that term. Am I right? They've just kind of said, Lord, Lord. They, 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 many call him Lord, but they don't do what he says. That's, that's a very flippant attitude about how Jesus is. You're calling him master, but you're not doing what he says, and you're really not a follower of Jesus. Uh, Luke 6, 47, according to this verse, what does it look like to follow Jesus? Okay, well, it says these things. You show someone who's like, come, uh, someone who's like, let me read it out. <laughs> I will show you what someone is like who comes to me. Here's my word and acts on them. So we're going to talk about those three things. We come to Jesus, we listen to Jesus, and then we we live for Jesus. We obey Jesus. That's that's the three things that we do. So how are you doing in each of these areas? Now that's the question only they can answer. We can't answer that for them, but uh, that's a tough one to ask. Um, maybe you can ask it like I always say, how do you think other people are living? How do you see other people that call themselves Christians living that way? A lot of times they're going to tell you a lot about themselves, but anyway. All right, uh, do it, uh, what you want with that. And then finally, Luke 6, 48 to 49, he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock, and when the flood came, the river crashed. So this is the whole thing about the house built on the solid foundation. So we have, to, we have to build our lives on the foundation of what Jesus has said and how we are living. We, we lay that foundation built on Jesus Christ, that sure foundation, the chief cornerstone. We read that in Isaiah 28, 16. Why is it so important to lay a foundation of obedient faith? Number one, because other people see you laying that foundation and you influence people. As dads, we influence our children. As mom, we, moms, we influence our children. As people, we influence those around us, our friends, our workmates, our schoolmates. We are doing that. And when they see us obediently following Christ, they begin to say, they're different. And when the storms of life come, you're able to withstand it. That's the bottom line, all right? Let's apply the truth. Now, think about the image that Pastor Tommy showed Sunday. 
How does that image think about what results from a heart that's been changed by Jesus? All right. The, you, let him talk about the image and then come back and then, you know, say, well, I think it was, this is, you know, this is what I think it was. All right, so how do you do a better job of coming to Jesus on a regular basis? Well, I think you've got, you've got to, remember we talked about those things. We, when we come to Jesus, uh, we listen to Jesus, and listening to Jesus is so important as we, as, we, um, as we listen to what he said. We come to him, we confess our need, we say, Lord, I can't do it apart from you. All those things are going to help. All right, number three, how can you do a better job of listening to Jesus? Remember, we talked about those too. And those are the bullet points that are on the sermon if you want to go link up to them and look at, look at those and have those ready to go. Um, I'm not going to mention them here because you aren't going to be able to write them down. Uh, but go to the sermon, and it's under Listen to Jesus, point two, and there's a bunch of bullet points and uh, the things that talk about praying and being on time and staying in your seat and other things. Um, all right, number four, what does it look like to obey Jesus in the small things? So remember we talked about incrementalism, that we do the small stuff. You know, we're looking about the big questions of life or giant steps of faith or who we should marry, you know, these giant things. But God is talking, telling us to take those small, consistent steps of obedience, to repent of a sin that he's brought to the surface of your heart, to apologize to your husband or your wife because you've, you've messed up and, and you've hurt them, um, to shift your attitude, to offer a kind word to a hurting neighbor, all right? Those small things will help draw you down the road towards Christ better than these big giant things ever will. We see, uh, you see Jesus then doing a work in you, and it builds your faith. All right. What do you think God is calling you to do in response to Luke 6, verse uh, 43 to 49, and, and how should you pray? Every time you need to pray at the end of your Life Connection group and pray for people to be able to respond to what we've talked about. There are people that are struggling with this issue this week in your class. Pray for them. Ask God to do a work in their heart that they might be able to accomplish and they might be able to come to Jesus, listen to Jesus, and obey Jesus, right? All right. Well, that's all I got for you. I hope that helps you get your uh, creative juices flowing. And uh, I look forward to hearing what God does in your Life Connection group. And by the way, as I always say, or I try to always say, if uh, God has done something in your life connection group, please let us know. We want to be we want to be rejoicing with you. We want to be encouraged. We want to encourage you. So uh, make sure that we hear. You know when God really uh, opens up a heart, or when God just somebody has that aha moment in their life. Uh, it's great to hear. If you don't comfortable not comfortable sharing names, that's fine. But we certainly would like to hear what God is doing. Okay, let me pray for you, and I will see you on Sunday. Father, thank you so much that you are our God. And Lord, that you have given us the ability through heart change to be able to live out your faith in our lives. And people can tell if we have authentic faith. The truth is we know whether or not we have authentic faith simply by how we respond and react and what is left when we leave. So my prayer, Lord God, is that you might continue to work in our hearts, that we might become who you want us to be, and Lord, ultimately, that we might do what you want us to do as we pay attention to what you're saying. And when the storms of life come, we'll weather them. In Jesus' name we pray. 
there's anyone in that class this week that doesn't know you saving order of the life, may today be the day they surrender to Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you.